Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron, and I am excited you are here today. I'm also excited to be back. I took a couple weeks off, and it was a little rather unexpected, and that's just the way things go sometimes. I enjoyed myself. I took some time to rest, to relax, and sometimes we just all need that powerful pause to just give ourselves a break and to rest. And that's exactly what I did. I was also savoring up the last bit of time with my youngest daughter, Bailey, before she heads back to school. So we've been getting in some good quality time. And I love this time of year. Fall is kind of like a reset. I love the energy of going back to school. And not sure if you remember going back to school and getting the new peaches and the pens and new clothes, maybe a new pair of shoes. And I just remember it being a really exciting time. So I celebrate that whether you have kids or not, whether it's back to school for you or not, it's just a nice time to kind of reset and to look at the last quarter of the year and to be really intentional about what you want. And identifying that. Some people, it's really easy to kind of give up and just say, oh, you know, I didn't achieve my goals. We're almost through the end of 2022. I'll hit it hard in January of 2023, and I'll achieve those goals. But for a lot of you listening, the last quarter of the year is a big opportunity to recenter, refocus, and move forward with those goals. So what are you going to do? Pick one or two things and end 2022 the way you want it to end. Achieve those goals. And if you need help and support along the way, you know who to reach out to. We're, my partner and I, Lori, are, we're happy to help you through coaching conversations to get you on track to achieve those goals that you have for yourself through the end of this year and getting the year started off right in 2023. And one of the best ways that you can do that is to get your mindset right. And that's why I'm so excited about my next guest. He talks all about having such a beautiful, positive, amazing mindset. I can't wait for you to hear his story. I can't wait for you to listen to the provocation he brings up around one word that I struggle with. And I'm going to let you listen into the podcast to see what the word is. But when he said it, it immediately hit me. I was like, Oh, I'm not good at that. So I can't wait to see how you react to the word. And I'm curious to know how it feels for you when he mentions this one word, and you'll know what it is when you hear it. All right, so let's dive into it. I'm so excited to introduce you to my guest today. His name is Steven Silver, and he is the character designer behind many of the hit animated properties, such as Kim Possible, Danny Phantom, as well as the Clerks animated series. He's worked with Disney, with Warner Brothers, with Nickelodeon, every artist's dream, every animator's dreams to work with all of these large companies. Um, He's also the owner of the online art school, Silver Drawing Academy. And Stephen comes on the show today to talk about creativity and using an artist's mindset 
to help us really tap into our own unique creativity, as well as the creativity in our organizations. So I cannot wait for you to listen to this conversation. You know, I feel so lucky that I get to do this podcast, and I feel so honored that I get to have so many wonderful conversations with so many people. And as much as I hope this podcast helps you with different tips and tricks and insights about leadership and life, I also benefit. And I will tell you, I was so excited to have this conversation with Steven. He's so positive. He's so upbeat. His origin story of how he got started is so inspiring. And I walked away from this conversation completely inspired to challenge myself and my mindset and to really think outside the box of what's possible and what am I going to try next? What am I going to experiment with? And I would love for you to listen to our conversation and think about for yourself, what are you going to explore? What are you going to experiment with? And what are you going to just try? So I invite you to keep that question top of mind as you listen to the conversation I have with Stephen Silver. So let's dive in. Welcome to the Lead Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Barron. I'm obsessed with helping people feel more connected to themselves, the people they love, their work, and their purpose. I'm a leadership coach, speaker, self-improvement junkie, wife, mom of two teenagers, and 30-year corporate career woman turned entrepreneur. This podcast will give you the tools, insights, and real honest conversations that will help you lead your life so you can love your life. Let's dive in. Steven, thanks for joining me today on the show. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. So welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I would love to just begin with the end in mind in terms of when we conclude our conversation, what is the one thing that you really want to share with my audience? You know, I would say I think the biggest thing is just the willingness to try and not be so afraid of just taking chances on doing something fun for yourself, creative for yourself, experimenting, exploring. I think these are all things that are so essential for anyone to make sure that they're living that sort of lifestyle, in my opinion. And I'm hoping that they maybe walk away with, you know what, I'm going to give it a try and see what happens. I love that. I love that so much because, and I love that that's where our starting point is because I think so many of the people I coach, myself included, my friends, you know, we all struggle with this idea of perfectionism Mm -hmm. and perfectionism holds people back so much. And I think people are afraid to try and people are afraid to try new things. And so where did you come up with, the, you know, this being your message? And why do you think it's so important? I, I think that I mean, I came up with it mainly because that, that's what I do just as as an artist, I've always had to be always had to wear that creative hat. And sometimes you're not feeling so creative, yet you have to 
kind of spin it into, okay, I got to produce. This is something that I have to do. And for myself, it was just a way just to have a more engaging and fulfilling lifestyle, especially when I was told all the time at a younger age that doing what I do as an artist, doing your passion, doing the thing that you love, you can't do that. You got to get a real job. You got to do something real. And my whole mindset was like, I don't want to do that. This is, I want to pursue something that I feel I have a calling to do. I feel like it is my purpose in life that I'm supposed to do. So why why neglect that? And why not try everything I can to try to get to where I am now? And and it worked out. And it was only because, and it wasn't because, um, you know, nothing was set up for me. Nothing was arranged for me. I, I wasn't born with a, uh, this a God-given talent. You know, some people say, oh, you're so lucky you were born with the talent. And I go, born with the talent, I wish. You know, it was it was just merely something that fascinated me and intrigued me. And I thought I want to try to pursue it, right? And, and that was it. And I had to put in so much hard work. And even when I look back at my old work, I'm just like, wow, I can't believe that I actually did become what I became. I was drawing no differently than anyone else when I was younger. We all draw, right? We we all were, you know, when we were younger, when we were kids, and it was something that we do, but we were told, you know, don't draw, don't, what are you, you're drawing a six-legged dog. Dogs don't have six legs. That's, that's wrong. You can't do that. And, you know, so that I think a lot of people get discouraged to fulfill or pursue their passion. And I was just determined, just this is it. This is what I'm here for. Yeah, I I, I love that. And I feel like there's so much to unpack here. So mm-hmm. why don't you take us a step back? Because I think for so many people, they see the chapter you're in now, mm-hmm. right? And you have been in. You're the animator for Kim Possible and Danny Phantom and um, so many other great works of art and you've published books and I think four, 14 at this yeah, point, 14, right? Yeah. And, you know, you have this wild success as an animator. But take us back to the beginning, because I think so many people think, especially with creatives, oh, you're just born like that. Yeah. And it's just a gift you have. It's a talent you have. And of course, you're going to do that. And I also love that you acknowledge, you know, I think a lot of people have passions in that creative realm that, you know, parents or colleagues say, you're not going to make money at that. Don't do that. So take us back to the beginning and kind of, you know, walk us through your career journey. Yeah, you know, it actually started way, way back, you know, but I I, actually it was I was, I feel like I was given this crazy gift, not not to to draw anything, but this crazy gift that literally landed in my backyard. I was born and raised in England and lived there till I was 10 years old until I moved to America. But when I was around six years old, I was looking out my bedroom window and there was something laying in my backyard. And I went into my backyard and upon closer examination, it was an actual artist sketchbook laying in my backyard. I don't know how it got there. It was filled with landscapes and portraits And really from that day, I just started drawing. And I look back at it now and I realize how influential that was in my life as like this guiding force, but that it wasn't something that I just grabbed and just tucked away and stuck in my pocket and and walked away. It was something I embraced as 
on on this journey to to explore and experiment with and wow this is something to do and what i would always encourage anyone no matter if they like music if they like singing if they, no matter what it is if they like wood building whatever whatever they like to do is just to pay attention to those things. And for me, I realized, wow, at a young age, I really paid attention to it. And then just, I was drawing all the time, eventually moved to England, uh, America. I, I, again, I just loved drawing, drew for my high school newspaper and was a big fish in a small pond sure. you know, at that point. Right. And it was getting just, even though I couldn't really draw that well, I, I could still draw better than the next person who, who sort of like gave up drawing and doing what they wanted to do. And I was always just trying to work at it. And from there, I realized that after high school, oh my God, I'm not, there's so many more talented people out there. Wow. Look at all these talented people. And that could usually scare people off. And I think that's why a lot of people don't even pursue things a lot of times in their life because they're so afraid of that competition and they see all that competition and realize that how can I compete? How can I uh, build up to that and lead, lead up a successful career if there's so many other people better than me? And I realized, oh my God, I, I got to get to work here. And I just started just training myself even more and eventually started doing caricatures at the age of 18 at SeaWorld in San Diego. And that's where I really got my feet wet, was just having that experience and, and really dealing with a lot of rejection. Like people would tear up the caricatures I drew of them in front of my face. People would get up and they would walk away and you would hear this chatter. And I really built a really thick skin. So that's another thing that's really important. I think just to succeed in anything is just to build up a thick skin and, and not let other people's expectations of you or any other people's, uh, you know, mindset or however they want to respond to you, you, you don't let that affect you. And so that was something that was very helpful tool for me going through that. And that led to me eventually setting up at a casino in San Diego called Barona Casino. And I, I'm very... I'm I'm very scatterbrained to be honest with you. I, I am kind of a little bit all over the place. Sometimes it's hard for me to really focus and and through that I realize I can't just stay in one place. I don't want to stay in one place. And through myself just moving to different locations doing caricatures, new opportunities arose. And that's why I would always encourage people just don't feel you need to stay in the same place ever and and nothing's a life sentence unless you've committed a horrible crime, right? But in life <laughs> if you just realize hey, I'm doing this today, but maybe I'll do that for six months and then I'll move on to doing something else. And that's what I my mindset was. And that led to me eventually uh, working at No Fear, doing clothing design because they saw me doing art and they wanted to hire an artist. And I started doing clothing design. And then from there, I decided I'm going to stick. I want to try to get into animation. Um, and, and I will say just something that was very, another very powerful thing that happened to me in my life to push me a little bit more forward, which I look at as another great gift was my parents kicking me out of my house, their house when I was 18. When I told them I'm no longer going to school, they said, if you think you can make it as an artist, if this is what you want to do in your life, then you got to move out of the house and pay for your own bills and all this. And I took on that challenge and it was a great motivating challenge. So I, I wasn't, I wasn't in a safety net. Sure. And I think sometimes creativity is stifled in general, just because of safety nets, when you're too comfortable with something 
why is there a reason to explore these other areas? So the more I was thrown into those situations just made me realize, hey, not only can I I do this, but I should do this. And then uh, my parents, though, were always very loving. And they sent me articles about art artists they discovered or newspaper clippings. And they sent me an article about the animation industry and how booming it was. And mm-hmm. uh, this was right after Lion King had just come out. And from that point, then I submitted my poor, I, I, I would always show up. That's another thing that I always tell people, just, just show up, just show up to events, show up to talks, listen to podcasts, whatever it means, just show up because you never know what you're going to hear, what you're going to learn, who you're going to see. And I showed up to this cartoonist society in San Diego. And there was an artist that worked at Warner Brothers there. And I showed him my artwork and he was just like, "Eh, you know, you're okay. You got a lot of work to go. But I kept in contact with him. And eventually I built up my self-esteem and my courage to actually pursue it. And I reached out to him. He invited me up to Warner Brothers. And then I eventually ended up getting a job hired at Warner Brothers Television Animation as a designer. And that's where my career started. And then I eventually went to Disney where I designed Kim Possible. And then I left that studio and went to Nickelodeon, designed Danny Phantom. And during that time, I was decided I I'm I'm very entrepreneurial. I can't just again just stay here working for one person doing one thing. There's other things I want to explore, and that's when I started writing my own books and publishing my own books and got into the publishing. Then started developing my own apps, um, and you know everything that I've done, even creatively or just in my life, has just always been. Um, it's just been an idea. It's a concept. It's a start. And I'm always just, let me think about it. Let me write it down and let me see what happens. And I'm never one to think about what the truly the end result's going to be just because I, I just never know. I'm, I'm so much of that mindset where I'm going to start. I'm going to try. I'm going to see what happens. If it fails, that's great. Cause what did I learn? I'm always on the learning. Yeah, I know you, you know, you, you know this too. You can always learn from those failures. We always yeah. do if you're paying attention. And if you're not paying attention, then they're just failures and nothing else comes of those. But if you're aware of it and you go, gosh, that didn't work out so well. I wasn't happy with that person. I wasn't happy with that situation. And that's what happened to me when I started doing apps. I was asked by a company to develop and do an app for them. I wasn't happy with the result of it. And I decided I'm not pleased with this. I'm going to do it myself. And I just, I believe you put stuff out there in the universe. You know, it, it really, I, you know, there, some people go, what are you talking about? You can't just manifest stuff. You can't just create stuff. And I go, well, you can if you think about it hard enough and you're willing to do the research, you can make anything happen. And that was been my philosophy and mindset. And that's how I ended up doing my own apps. You know, a friend of mine all of a sudden approached me. I was putting it out there. And all of a sudden, lo and behold, my friend says, hey, you know, he's a developer and goes, I'm thinking about doing an app, some apps. Do you have any ideas? I'm like, perfect timing. Yes, I do. You know, and it went to that. And it's always yeah. those cases. And 
So I've been involved in animation for a long time and designing and working for a lot of different clients. Some some of your guests in this podcast may be familiar with the Charmin bear commercials, right? I designed those those bears for the Charmin bears for the CG version that they're doing. And I'm just, again, always sort of tapped into a little bit of everything. And now I decided once again, I want to change my career. I want to do something a little different. And as of recently, about six months ago, I put it out in the universe that I wanted to be a recruiter for artists. I wanted to still be creative, but I want to do something where I can help and give back um, more. I, I'm always helping. I'm always teaching. I, I started my own online school and I'm, I'm always doing that. And I thought, well, th- th- being a recruiter would be an awesome job for me. I have the eye. I know what I'm looking at. And I put that out in the universe and lo and behold, boom, boom, boom. Next thing you know, a friend of mine reaches out and, you know, and then it happens. Wow. How did that happen? So that, that's kind of like the the story. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> yeah. No, Stephen, I, I appreciate you sharing your story so much because I think so many times people think, oh, this Hollywood animator who designed Kim Possible, who designed Danny Phantom is you know, probably had some Hollywood connections, his parents probably knew people. And I love hearing here you were at SeaWorld. And I mean, I've walked past I've had those characters done myself with the kids when they were Mm -hmm. little. And here you are, you know, at SeaWorld. And I'm a very visual person. So when you were telling the story of people walking away, and I'm sure a lot of people were really happy. But I'm sure when you when you have people tearing up your art, or commenting negative comments, you're so positive. You know, you're, I just know, I know you, even, you know, what you're sharing on the podcast, you're so positive and you have such an incredible mindset. And I'm curious when you're in the middle of that negativity and the chatter, the real chatter, as well as, you know, so many times that can affect the internal chatter. Yeah. And I'm curious to know, where did you get the resilience at such a young age to really defy that chatter and just continue going? Because I think that speaks so much to who you are and and your journey and why you are where you are. But how did you get that? Because I think so many people are looking for that. Yeah, you know, it's kind of, I think it's almost like hard to pinpoint other than I just was the sort of person, you know, we're also different. Why why does someone want to wake up in the morning at 3 a.m. and run 10 miles? You know, I, I have no idea. Right. <laughs> well, you know, right. You know, so why why does someone want to do it? Why do people do certain things? Why do they do the certain things they do? And we're just wired in in different ways. And I think I've just always been uh, my wiring is just to be very open, but I always take in a lot of information, like a very, a great quote that I heard when I was very young. Uh, and, and and these are things too, that I think about, wow, I was writing these down when I was like 13 years old, which is kind of weird. Like one of them was life is a party to which you've been invited. Are you going to sit on the sidelines or join in the dance? You know, that was one. And I wrote it on my, when my thing at 13 years old, right? Another one was, you know, from, of course, Star Wars, do or do not, there is no try, mm-hmm. you know, from, from Yoda. Uh, another one that was st- always stuck with me well, from Mark Twain, which was, I've had many problems in my life, many of which have never occurred. 
right? Because it's all in the head. Exactly. We're creating so many scenarios, these problems. This is going to be the outcome. This is the result. Blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden, wow, it didn't go down that way. That didn't actually happen. I created this story uh, that that completely threw me off. And and seeing that and witnessing that and realizing, yeah, I, I was doing this. And then, no, it never happened. I was scared to talk to that person, yet they were the nicest person in the world. I was afraid to do this. I was afraid to do that. And over and over again, I've been proven and shown that it's just not true, that so much of this is just self-created. And that's one of these things that I think that's just part of my makeup to where now, as I, as again, I'm constantly reading, I love philosophy. Um, I'm always, I'm fascinated with life in general. You know, I'm, I'm the sort of person that just goes outside and lets my dogs out at night, but doesn't wait there, but just stares at the stars and wonders about the majesty of all of this. And, you know, so I'm, I'm very curious about things and, and that's, how I kind of operate on, on a day-to-day level and things that I truly try to share with people um, as, as much as I can too, and not to, and to allow yourself to open up and just try these things and not let so many things affect us because why, you know, what, what, and this is where, uh, where there's a word that I really resonated with through in my life. And I over and over again, as I'm reading, as I'm learning things, as I'm experiencing things in life, there was this word that kept showing up. And I, I always hear all these different people say everything that people say. But there was this word that would show up, but no one really paid attention to it. And I go, that's that's the word. That's the thing that you have to do. As long as you do this in your life, you're going to be good to go. And that one word was surrender. And that surrender was not about giving up, right? The surrender is about just not reacting to sit these situations and allowing these just to happen. You know what? It's a, the rain is coming and I just washed my car and it's just like, are you go, how are you going to react to that? Right. And most people are going, Oh my God, I just washed my car. The other day and it becomes this whole circle of thing. Otherwise it's way too hot. And there's always going to be something. And I realize the more that I just surrender to all of this, the easier life gets. It's like, I, I know that life is what it's going to be for all of us. We're all in our daily jobs. We all have our, our, our lives at home, our situations, whatever's happening out there. And, and it's a part to me of kind of accepting this. Is it ideal? Is this what we wanted to have happen? No. But when you can learn to have this acceptance of that, okay, this is what happened. But now even more so, you start surrendering to this aspect of that I'm not going to let this just affect me so much. It doesn't, it doesn't need to. And what I started doing was I would write it, write the word surrender on my um my index finger every single day for a year. Oh wow. Because and I didn't then I wrote it every single day as always a reminder. So anytime my head would go into a little bit of a spiral about anything, I'd be like, eh, I'm gonna surrender to this. This is what happened. My computer just crashed. You know that that's it, and these are different things that I just kind of think about. Um, one one um, aspect that was uh, a reading that I wrote, that, which was a life changing book that I read, was by a man named Eckhart Tolle, and I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and he he had written a book, uh, Awakening to Your Life's Purpose, and it was uh, some people will read it and it can really resonate. 
and some people it, it won't. And he even says that in the beginning of the book, he says, you know, this isn't going to be for everyone. But all of a sudden I read that and I'm like, holy moly, this is really saying something to me. And something that really uh, was helpful was in there, he said, there's only three things in any situation that are that are going to happen uh, in, in any situation that you can do. And I and I use the sort of and an, now an, um, the, the word car, you know, just C-A-R to just remember this for myself. There's only three things you can do in any situation. Number one is you can either change it, right? You can look at the situation. Okay, can I change what just happened right now? And I like to use my computer crashing or something. Can I change the situation right now? No, I cannot change this. My computer just crashed or I lost all my work for the day. And I look at that. The next thing is acceptance, so to accept whether you're going to accept the situation, well, you kind of have to. Like, I got to accept the fact that this happened. It wasn't ideal. It's not what I wanted to have happen, but I need to accept it. And the last thing is remove yourself from a situation. Can I remove myself from the situation? And you realize, well, no, I can't. I got work to do. I can't just get up and leave and, and go, right? So more you're falling into that acceptance over and over again is where it sort of like truly lies. But these these are all the things that I've help sort of mold my mind to make me to make me the person I am today. I love it, Stephen. And I can relate so much to what you're sharing in terms of, you know, things happen in life and it's how we choose to react to them. Um, you know, I, I shared with you prior to the show that my husband had passed and um, I, I think people have been surprised about how well I've been doing. And part of that is you know, I have a choice every morning about how I wake up. And I think about what John would want for me. And I think about how he would want me to live my life every hour, every day. And, you know, part of it I do to honor him, but part of it I do because like every day I'm here is such a gift. I mean, every day he was here was such a gift. And I, I love the car acronym. I love that. And I feel like the cherry on top of that is always gratitude. And, you know, just choosing gratitude every day. I love when you say you walk out in the backyard and look at the dog, you know, let the dogs out and you, and you have that wonder of the majesty of it all. And, um, which is, I do the same thing. I, I shared on the podcast before I have this connection with the moon and John and every night I go out and I look at the moon and, Um, I, you know, I have a conversation with him, but it's this whole idea of just being grateful, grateful for, I, I, yes, I could be angry. I could be bitter for the time and the memories that we don't have moving forward, but instead I'm choosing because it is a choice. I'm choosing to be grateful for the time that we did have together. And, and so I love this, this mindset you talk about, and you've shared so much in terms of paying attention, uh, you know, you talked about building a thick skin, which is absolutely about resilience. Um, always showing up, you know, being opportunistic in terms of being curious about where can I go? Who can I meet? What can I do? Um, and I also love that you nurtured the relationship back with the person at Warner Brothers. You know, if you wouldn't have nurtured that relationship, who yeah. knows where that would have gone. And so I love the the insight around nurturing those relationships and keeping in connection with people. Um, And this idea of surrendering, I have to admit when you were talking about it, 
it's probably the the one that I struggle with the most. And um, I would say probably I'm, I'm going to speak for my listeners. It's probably the ones that the one that they struggle with the most as well. You know, I, I have a lot of, uh, you know, powerful leaders that are listening. And I think surrendering is really difficult. I think so many people yeah. want to be in control of so much. Um, so I love I love everything that you're sharing. I know one of the things that you and I have chatted about is kind of this um, using our artistic or creative mind um, to give us the tools for living a rewarding life. And so I would love if you would just speak a little bit more into that. Yeah, you know, I, I think that it's so important between almost when you look at the left side of the brain, the right side of the brain, a lot of people are using the left side of their brain. It's analytical, it's doing all the, you know, the sort of business minded uh, work and and everything. And it serves a purpose. Thank God, you know, we, we have it, we need it. But then that untapped side is that right side of the brain and the creativity and not mixing that. So I think what ends up happening is if you're not balancing it. And I think balance is a very important word to, to have that balance between the two is going to set you on a, on a path. Because you, when you think about it, if you just took a scale and you put so much weight on the left side and it's just always there and it's just weighing it down and it's always holding it down, there's just no movement that's happening there. Otherwise, if you did it on the right side, on, you're just completely artistic and you're so focused in that realm sometimes you're aloof and you're unaware and you're just like god that guy's such an artist they're just like you know they're floating all over the place in their mind and they're not doing anything and this that and the other and i think so to try for yourself to try to find that balance and not that it has to be the sort of art that i do again it's like there's something that i think that i i do believe that everyone has a gift in some form it's something you know, again, you, you might even be, it might even be like pruning, you know, little um, trees, trees or bushes or something. I don't know, you know, a bonsai tree was the word I was looking yeah. for. That, there yeah. might be something doing that, you know, it, there, there's so many things, or maybe you have that desire to like my mom, she was a real estate agent uh, her whole life, but always had this love for writing. And now that she's retired, now she's like starting just to write for herself, but she always looks back and go, why didn't I just, this is what I love to do. This was, I, I had a gift for this. Why did I neglect it? And so all her years she neglected it and is now has that regret. And I never want to live a life of regret. And that's another reason why I do so many things because I don't ever want to look back and go, why, why didn't I do that? And what I would say is for people is they, you should try to find that balance um, so that you are on that scale evenly. And even if it means just going and again, it could involve yoga and, and maybe you start like you love it and maybe you want to start teaching it and anything that you're doing to tap into that creativity, why not do it? Why, why not try it? And I, I'm always just that firm believer of just, again, just try, just try it. You know, it's in there. You, and, and even people I hear all the time, I've talked to engineers, I've talked to CEOs of companies. Yeah. Oh, Stephen, I love like doodling and sketching on the side. And it's just like, but you know, I'll never make a living at it. It's like, stop thinking about trying to make a living at this. Stop thinking about trying to take your, your gift or this other thing that you love doing secretly or not on the side 
and just just do it. It's like Nike said it best, right? It's just do it. Try to find that time in the morning. Maybe you're waking up a little bit earlier. Maybe you're not uh, binge watching uh, a program on Netflix. Maybe you're not scrolling through Facebook for so many hours out of the day. Whatever it may be, you can find time if you really want to do it. And I would encourage everyone just to, again, whatever it is, there's something that you love doing. Could be, again, think about that sport you played when you were younger. Think about those dance classes you maybe took. Think about those gadgets in the garage you used to take apart and put back together, whatever it may be. It's all those little things is creativity. And it's just, it's doing something different other than your day-to-day job. Uh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. That was, it, it's beautiful. And I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and I love this idea of balance. I think I think some people think, you know, I actually had a client who had been in business for 35 years, as you know, at the time, she was a VP, and she wanted to become a chef. And she said, I have no idea how I'm going to make this transition. And yeah. I think sometimes people get in these mindsets of it's just so black and white. Okay, well, if I if I leave being a VP, I lose all my income, and then I, you know, I'm going to be a, a chef, but I'm going to be like homeless on the streets, right? And right. so, you know, my guidance to her was, you know, just start doing parties just on the weekends, just start just start small, you know, open a pop up on every other weekend or yeah. whatever it yeah. is. And just start doing it, start telling people about it, and or even just start having family parties or fr- you know friends over where you're you're just doing what you love. And I just think there's so much energetically that happens yeah. when you're aligned with what you're passionate about. She ended up basically doing that and ended up opening a restaurant. And I go. I couldn't yeah, be I more happy for her. And you know I think. Also, though, something you speak into is making it a priority. And people say, I want this thing. I want to shift in careers, but they're not always willing to put in the work or the sacrifice. You know, hey, maybe I'm I I do sacrifice some time in the evenings because I'm working on my five to nine after my nine to five, you know, and um, so I love having I, I love exactly what you're saying around having people try and also making it a priority and yeah and so absolutely. whether it's a career change or whether it's simply just adding that thing that adds sparkle and add and lights up your life and brings you fulfillment and just doing that and making sure you're incorporating that into your life I I love absolutely. that absolutely absolutely I have a saying um is piece by piece will bring you peace you know, and then that's what it is. It's just, we don't need to do, you know, you, we don't need to eat the whole steak at once, right? <laughs> We're going to choke. We're going to die. We got to cut it into little pieces and then eat it. And I think if people are willing to do that and not look at it, it's either like you mentioned, black or white, it's either, they, you know, I got to go full force. It's like, no, just start those baby steps, get that ball in motion and eventually something will happen. I just want to just tell you, just based on what you were saying, some a, a little story that was um, that that I really love. And I, I, someone told it to me. I'm not sure where it came from, 
But it was a story about this uh, young man who was walking down the street and there was an old man sitting on the porch and his dog was sitting on the porch with him and his dog was sitting there just howling and whining and just in pain and this pain. And he says, why, excuse me, sir, but why is your dog screaming and, you know, in so much pain? What's going on? And he goes, well, he's sitting on a nail. And he says, sitting on a nail. And he says, well, why doesn't he get up? And the old man replied, because it doesn't hurt bad enough. And that's oftentimes the difference as to why people aren't making that change, because it just really sometimes, well, I'm very happy right now. I'm comfortable. I got everything that I want. And that pain actually, or that hurt isn't there enough to make them go or that willingness or that real drive. It's just, it's kind of like a fantasy. Just like, yeah, that would be cool, but they don't really want it. And if you really want something, I think that's when you really start to make that change and get up off that nail and actually do something. I, I love that. I love that story. And, you know, I think as, as you were sharing it, I was thinking, I think you either experience the pain now or you experience it later as regret. And so, you know, if you're not, if you're not making the movement, if you're not getting off the nail and doing what you need to do, I I think the pain is greater later because then you're thinking back about all the what ifs. What if I would have tried? What if I would have tried being Mm -hmm. a chef? What if I would have tried being an artist? Right. And that's got to be really painful to, Absolutely. I, yeah, I can't imagine. And I know, and I know, you know, you, you just meeting people, talking to people, we've met people like that, who they look at in, in the bag and go, God, why didn't that's my regret in life, you know, so many people have those regrets in their life. And I'll tell you, there's for your listeners to check out is if you type, if you Google the top 10 regrets of the dying is the most amazing thing you will ever read. And if that doesn't change your mind, just uh sort of become aware of, because when I look at that, I go, and just so that they know a little context, that was written by a bunch of hospice nurses who were asking all these, you know, their their patients, and they put together this little article about it. And I look at that as like a science. It's just like, wow, this is science. Like these, all these people who are on their deathbed said the same things. So don't wait to get to that point and go, gosh, I, why did I work so hard? Why didn't I talk to more of my friends? Or why did I listen to so many of those naysayers in my life and let them determine my direction in life? You know, there's so, and it's just great, something for them to look up and read. Yeah, Steve, I I actually love that. I've I've referred to it probably. Oh, you? Uh, yeah, you probably didn't know. I referred to it on the podcast before. Oh, nice. In one of the episodes, I don't even remember which one. But the the thing I love about that particular document and the ten regrets is the thing I share with people the most. What's not what's on there is important, but also what's not on there. What's mm. not on there is what kind of corporate title I had, mm-hmm. how much money I had in the bank, yeah. right? What kind of car I was driving, yeah. what where what neighborhood I was living in. It's all the things around, you know, I wish I would have spent more time with my family, with my yeah. friends. I wish I would have pursued the things I was passionate about. I and and it's all typically around connection. Yes. And, and so I I, I love that you bring that up and um, it is really, really powerful. And I invite yeah. people to go Google it. 
Um, so what's important to you? You know, you, you are definitely a visionary. You, you are always, you always have something, you know, coming up and and moving forward for yourself. Um, you know, you shared that you don't like to kind of stay stagnant. So what's, what's your vision for the next five, 10 years? What's on your plate? You know, I think part of the creative aspect of mine, of myself is always just seeing where the wind takes me. I kind of live in that sort of space where I just know that I'm going to just do what I'm doing and enjoy what I'm doing and something, if it's supposed to happen, will happen. Uh, Not not that I'm just going to stand back and do nothing and sit, you know, twiddle my thumbs, but I just... I, I try not to look so far into the future because I, I feel like being present is is so important, right? It's just kind of being here now, enjoying this. And what's important to me is community, is family. And I just want to be around friends. I want to be around family. I've just recently become an empty nester. You know, <laughs> my 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 kids are now gone. They're, they've left. My son's a Marine. My daughter's gone off to college. And now it's just, um, it's just see, just see what happens. I'm really enjoying the recruiting that I'm doing right now. And I think whatever sort of like shows up and sounds interesting to me, I'll pursue it or I won't, you know, I'll I'll see what happens. (laughs) I love that. Well, Stephen, it's been a pleasure having this conversation with you. I, I, your energy is infectious. Your mindset, I hope, is inspiring to my listeners. I know it's inspiring to me. Uh, even wildly successful, and it's very clear why because you have been very intentional, and I think you've had that growth mindset, and you've also put in the work. And yeah. so, again, thank you for being on the show. I would love it if you have any last words of wisdom for my listeners before we close out our conversation. I would just say, don't, don't be afraid. Don't listen. We're, we're, we're floating in the middle of space, you know, on, on the third rock from the sun, right? It's just (laughs) like, we're just, just allow things to happen. Try to surrender as much as you can let go. Try not to be reactive to things that are going to show up because they're going to show up and you'll start to feel just a lot more peace of mind and just have fun. Just tap back into your, your childhood or your young adulthood or whatever it is, that gift that you do have and just, just start. That's the most important thing. I love that. I love acknowledging that we all have a gift and to have some fun. So I hope you have fun this weekend. Thanks for the conversation and being on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks, Natalie. All right. Take care. Thank you so much for being here today and listening to the Lead Your Life podcast. My invitation to you is that you do one thing today to move toward a more meaningful, fulfilling life for yourself. Today, you have the opportunity to challenge your mindset or have a meaningful conversation or take one action step towards your goals. So what are you waiting for? It would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. I look forward to connecting with you next week. Until then, don't wait till tomorrow. Be your best self now.